1: Welcome in. It's the Friday edition of The Drive. TGIF, welcome in, everybody. And uh, on a day where uh, there was concerns about some severe weather, we had some strong winds. No question about that. But the rain, really, there wasn't much. There was some. It rained a couple of times. And it seemed like it was raining hard because the wind was blowing so hard. But I think the wind has pretty much moved on through. It's blown through, if you will. And uh, now, now all we have is a yellow landscape because the pollen is, is really blown out everywhere. But it looks like it should be pretty good weather uh, for baseball tonight and softball uh, action continuing. And it looks like the weather's going to be nice for the weekend. So hopefully everybody in for a good weekend. And uh, we're here to sort of get you ready, get you started on the weekend with the Friday edition of The Drive. Dan is uh, down in Pensacola. As a matter of fact, I think the Troy women. Um, They're either playing right now or just finished. Well, I'll check. I haven't looked at the scores. But uh, he will be back, depending on how deep they go in the tournament, either Monday or Tuesday. And uh, since, since this past Monday was the first day of spring football and we had a viewing window and then coach freeze meeting us at six o'clock brian matthews of auburnsports.com is here in the studio before he heads over to the ballpark for
2: auburn baseball brian how you doing man i'm doing great should be a fun weekend to follow auburn there's a a lot going on Yep. yep big big basketball game coming up and gonna be a big weekend
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot going on. It's funny. It's the start of spring break, really, right. too. So, uh, uh, you know, I, this place I, I, cleared a lot of, pe- lot of people have been looking forward to yeah. this. The students have all been looking forward. Yeah. Hopefully enough of them hang around to pack right. the jungle tomorrow.
2: One thing Pearl mentioned uh, about that is if the student section is not full, they will sell um, uh, tickets right there at the stadium. Um, I guess they call it standing room only, but they'll they'll push people down. So sure, they, the seats available. they they then yeah they then encourage the people
1: who don't have seats to come on down and right. sit. They do that quite a bit during the you know the Christmas break and and things like that. So it's an opportunity you can head over there and you may be able to have great seats down in yep. the uh, in the lower section. So uh, yeah, so that's something to keep in mind for a critical ball game for Auburn basketball tomorrow.
2: Very critical. Uh, they need a, a big win. They're sort of teetering. I think they're around thirty six net right now. Last I time think thirty
1: seven is what I saw. But I mean, uh, it's, yeah,
2: I mean, you, somewhere you, in there. I mean, that, that's not a bad net yeah. at all. But yeah, it's close. Yes, yeah. you're right. Another loss might, might you know, really hurt them. So uh, I think I think the players and, and Coach Pearl believe this is a must win game. That's how they're treating it. So. Um, and, and they asked uh, Coach Pearl and the players asked that uh, the fans turn out and get really loud and make this a really tough atmosphere for Tennessee, which you know is coming in. Uh, their point guard um, suffered a season-ending injury, I think it was last week, and uh, but they're still a very big team. They're still the best defensive team in the country. So this is mm-hmm. going to be a really really tough game for all.
1: Yeah, I mean they are a uh, uh, yeah, Kai Ziegler went down yeah. last week, and that makes them a bigger team. They're going to be bigger at guard now. He's a super. Uh, super quick, smaller guard, but uh, he w- really wasn't much of a factor in the first game. And of course, um, when Auburn and Tennessee played up in Knoxville, it was one of the ugliest games you'll see, unless you're just unless you just love defense. Right. I mean, if you love defense and uh, and, and that's what you really like, um, you saw a throwback kind of game. I mean, a score that goes back to before the days of the shot clock. A final score of 46-43, to 43, and Auburn needs was, to – <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it was not pretty. Um, yeah. But, but uh, yeah, Auburn had a chance to win that one at the end. But how many times have we said that? I mean – I
2: mean, seven or eight. Yeah. Six, I mean, I, I
1: don't know exactly. Auburn has lost six SEC games by a total of 26 points. Yeah. Or six, six road games right. by a total of 26 points because the West Virginia and five SEC games yeah. that they've had chances – and and most of them have led into the final few minutes. And, of course, that was the case again on uh, Wednesday night in Tuscaloosa.
2: Yeah, and the thing I give this team a lot of credit for is they continue to fight, right? They've had all these disappointing, tough losses. That would break a lot of teams, but it hasn't broken them. Uh, they're still out there fighting. Um, it, you know It stinks, I guess, that they – of course it does, that they blew a 17-point lead on the road. But they're also playing the number 2 team in the country on the road who was playing for the SEC Championship, which, which they, they won. And I thought, I'm not normally the refs, you know. No,
1: young, no, I, I, don't, I, don't like, I don't like to spend too much time complaining about officiating. But that was a rough one. Yeah, Wrong. you're right. I thought You're absolutely <laughs> that was right.
2: A, that was a tough one, man. Well,
1: um, I'm, I'm, I'm still, yeah, we, uh, we talked about it yesterday. Uh, I still can't figure where some, where some of the fouls came from. And now, look, we, we also talked about this. Auburn's a team that's going to foul. Yeah. Bruce Pearl teams generally lead the league in fouls because they are very aggressive. Right, and it's it's normally not the complaining about the fouls that were called. It's the fouls that aren't called. Right, that's that's the normally the larger concern.
2: Well, I mean those fourth and S- fifth. Wednesday, fifth fouls Wednesday,
1: on... Wednesday right. there was
2: a little of both. Bru- uh, Janai Broom, I mean those fourth and fifth fouls. That Adam, that last foul, I just, I just. To me, it looked like... It's hard to foul with your backside. Right. He like fouled the floor the, with his the backside. The Alabama player locked his arm up, first of all, which is supposed to be against the rules now, right? Yes. Then he falls down. Then the Alabama player gets the ball, steps out of bounds, and then hurls the ball in his face or, or wherever it hit him. I don't know exactly. It just, I thought the whole thing was ridiculous, but you know, it happens.
1: Yeah. Um, and it, it did, and Auburn's got to put that behind them. We'll talk about that and much more. Get Brian's thoughts on... Uh, the early football practices, uh, talk some baseball. We have, speaking of baseball, uh, just going to let you know, right, we're looking through here. We <clears throat> we have tickets um, for for Auburn and Lipscomb, and Lipscomb going to be um, probably the best pitching staff that Auburn faces before they get into the SEC. Yeah.
2: That's what Butch so, thinks. Yeah. Right. So you think <clears throat> a, a pitching staff that challenges hitters, that has good stuff, so... He expects this to be a, a, a sort of an upgrade. And that's saying a lot when you consider Auburn's played a Big Ten team and played USC from uh, the Pac-12 so far.
1: Yeah, so we have some tickets for this weekend. And, uh, you know, s- since, since the uh, first pitch is less than two hours from right now, uh, I'll I tell you what we'll do. Um, we, we'll put Drew to some serious work. <laughs> we'll let you just call in. If you want a pair of tickets... Uh, we'll, we'll let you all right here all right, here you go drew you want you want to write this down yeah. here 's what we have we have looks like twelve tickets for tonight so it's first come first serve just come by and grab those we have um, let 's see we don 't have as many for tomorrow we have it looks like um, eight tickets uh, no just four tickets for tomorrow. We have four tickets for Saturday. That's been the popular one. And then for Sunday we looks like we have eight tickets.
2: Saturday could be a heck of a doubleheader. You got basketball That's one right. and then baseball at 4.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So yes, we have so we have 12 for tonight, four for tomorrow, eight for Sunday. All right. So we'll let you start calling in and and we'll give away pairs of tickets. I'll go ahead and uh, take care of a little uh little business here uh, as, let's see, that's Saturday, this is Sunday, uh, that's Sunday, uh, there we go. Let me let you know that our number one of the drive brought to you as usual by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and Kia of Auburn.com. Kia of Auburn where you're always number one and uh, they also are the sponsor of our hotline where you can join us. By calling 334-321-1390. You can also uh, text us on the drive text box. And that number is 334-564-1840. So, all right, here we go. There are the the Fridays. Let's see. Here is uh, is Sunday. Yeah, here are Sunday tickets. And here are the, the four that we have left for Saturday. There we go. All right. Um, so yeah, Brian Matthews, AuburnSports.com, here in the uh, studio with us. And uh, let's see. Uh, we, we started off talking basketball. We'll talk. Uh, we, we'll get into it a little bit more because I mean, there's so much on the line. As we said, Auburn uh, losers of eight of their last eleven ball games. Yeah. Um, they are pretty much locked into the seven seed in the SEC tournament. But they, I think. I think they would be in the NCAA tournament with a win tomorrow.
2: Yeah, that would be a quad one win over Tennessee, a good team that only beat them by one point uh, in Knoxville. So this is a big, big game for so many reasons. It would get them to 10 wins. It would get them to oh, and, and, and it wins. would wins.
1: And, and they're the number three team in the net. Yep. That's something that would really jump your net ranking up there. Auburn has been in everybody's projection for the NCAA tournament, since the first projection came out this year, yeah. they've now uh, slipped down to where uh, a couple of folks have them as the uh, one of the Final Four buys. And if they lose, they'd be, you know, it'd be very questionable right. as to exactly, you know, are they still in or not. But if they win, they are in. So that's where it would be a huge win. You, you know, we we can get into, and we can here in a little bit some of the discussion about the sec tournament you don't want to have to um count on wins in a post in a conference tournament because the ncaa over the last few years brian has not been uh rewarding teams for runs in conference tournaments right unless you at least play for the conference title and you look at a&m last year right. texas a&m you know was hot down the stretch made it all the way to the conference championship game, and still didn't I, make it and in. And I was
2: so surprised by that last year. I can remember that. Um, you're right. They look at the full body of work. So what happened in, back in November and you know, is very, very important. Mm-hmm. And Auburn's got a nice win uh, back then over Northwestern, although I think Northwestern struggled a little bit here they lately. Have. But still, that's a, that's a good win. And uh, that's what got them in the top 40 of the net right now. And, um, you know, uh, that – that actually, that whole non-conference schedule is pretty good because they got a couple of conference champions in there too um, from, from lower division, not lower division, but um, not, I, I don't know. what. what are we...
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess not power five. Yeah, iceberg. yeah, right, right.
2: There's a name for it, basketball. Right. It's not, it's not, yeah, I know, but it's yeah. basically the yeah. same yeah, type thing. Yeah, exactly. Thing. exactly.
1: But, uh, but, yeah, so, so Auburn really, really needs a win tomorrow. Tennessee, um, I mean, Tennessee playing without Zakai Ziegler. We'll, we'll see how they play, but I was shocked the other night when they played uh, Arkansas, Ziegler goes down, and Arkansas just rolled. Yeah. I mean, uh, they, they beat Arkansas handily the other night. So they're, they're coming in feeling pretty good and uh, looking um, right now, they would be the three seed if uh, if they beat Auburn uh, in the tourney. And that would keep them on the side, away from Alabama until you get to the championship game. So mm-hmm. that's not like they're not playing for anything, yeah. but Auburn's playing for, I think, uh, they're, they're fighting much more. And, and with it being at home, as we said, hopefully a huge crowd. And uh, like we were saying, um, if you don't have tickets, don't be discouraged. There will probably be tickets for sale tomorrow, and you may have a chance to go ahead and sit down in the lower level. <laughs> so, uh, so, so that is huge. We, we'd love to hear from you anything on your mind sports-wise. We'll get to break When we come back, we'll talk some football as spring football practice um, wrapping up week one right now of uh, spring football. We'll talk with Brian and and love to hear from you. 334-321-1390 as we're just underway here on the Friday Drive.
0: Time to churn up some more yardage on the Drive. Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
1: Welcome back into The Drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill, Brian, Matthews, got Drew at the controls and again we have baseball tickets for Auburn versus Lipscomb this weekend and uh just call in and while we have them we'll give them away. You can stop by and pick them up uh while we're here on the air until 6. If not, we can uh, we'll make arrangements uh to get them to you. Got ton, got plenty of tickets for tonight. Got uh a few for tomorrow and uh, maybe a few more than that for Sunday. So uh, just call us, three three four three two one thirteen ninety if you'd like some baseball tickets for the weekend. Brian wanted to get uh, uh, some football talk in because uh, we got a chance to go out and, and watch about 20 minutes of the first practice on Monday. I will say what impressed me the most is it didn't look to me Like the first practice with a new coach and so many new coaches.
2: Yeah, it looked like they knew exactly what they were supposed to be doing. And, and, you know, there weren't a bunch of standing around, right? There was a whole bunch of tempo out there, a lot of pace. I know know a couple of players that we talked to. Was it Tuesday or was Wednesday? That was Wednesday, because I
1: didn't get a chance to make it to the players.
2: Mentioned that, um, you you know, they're getting back to those tempo practices. So uh, some guys were dragging a little bit out there, I guess. But um, yes, that's that's exactly what stood out to me, was just. How well it was organized, uh, how much room they had on two. Um, football oh, now fields that, that, that is side.
1: amazing to see. And it's so cool. You walk in to the fabulous new facility and just right down the hall, and boom, there it yep. is.
2: It is. It's nice. And, and off to the left is the weight room and the indoor right. facility, is just all right there. So it's, it's super, super, super nice setup. And, and
1: as you said, I mean, there's so much room, two full fields. Uh, the one thing I, I was, I was, uh, uh, telling uh, uh, said to Justin Ferguson yesterday is like the only thing is you have to walk more if you're going to watch everything. Yeah. I mean, now you know if you have multiple people there with with your outlet or something, that's great because I mean there is so much room. The offense and the defense can be working, and it really comes in handy now and will in the fall when you have full squads. You know, Hugh Freeze said that this felt like a fall practice, and it did also because there are more scholarship players out there than you've ever seen in a spring because of uh, the transfer portal and COVID and things like that. Auburn's got eighty plus, about 80 players, scholarship players, right now. It's crazy. Practicing in spring. It, yeah,
2: so um, it did. It did. Yeah, you know, normally you'd have a like a skeleton crew out there, especially at some positions. Right. but they don't have that at all. They've or got, it would
1: be a ton of walk-ons, yep, and yep. and uh, there there's some walk-ons, but not as many as you usually see. Uh, so so yeah. So what uh, what what things other than those? What were some of the things you noticed uh, on Monday?
2: Well, the defensive line is big. I, I definitely <laughs> noticed that. But as the, but as I finally made it down to that side, right? Yeah, like there they are. Lee, but they are, there's some big dudes down there, no doubt, and. Um, Avery Jones, I noticed when I was watching the offensive line early. You know, he was getting after it and he was being vocal in certain areas, so you can tell he's going to be a leader there at the center position. Um, and then I didn't see this, but um, I heard from some, some other guys, and there's a nice picture of it, but um, uh, Fairweather. Yeah, Rivaldo made an incredible catch. He,
1: there, you know, there were some really good catches yeah. by multiple receivers. I thought Malcolm Johnson uh, made made a great catch right on the sideline as the ball was zipped, and he was able to keep his foot in make make a nice catch. I, I thought all the receivers looked pretty darn good. I was I was impressed because the quarterbacks weren't uh, they weren't throwing they weren't lobbing slow pitches. Right. I mean they were they were bringing it, and the receivers I thought caught the ball very well. I, I'm I you know you I noticed as well yes the the size Auburn is bigger they yeah. are bigger than they've been you know guys like Lawrence Johnson and Justin Rogers uh, uh, to go along with um, uh, Jason Jones and Jeffrey Emba and yeah. I mean there there there's some size the offensive guys aren't little either though I mean yeah. they brought in um, you know we we talked about the need on both lines of scrimmage and the the size of these guys and they move well for that size. I mean, we'll see. I mean, right now the expectation is these are the guys that will be there at, at the front because they may have been on the first day, but I was just I was impressed just on the hoof what those guys looked like, but also you mentioned Rivaldo Fairweather. Um I mean, you look at, at Nick Mardner,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh and and then a trim down Landon King. Yeah. And Camden Brown, yep. there's there's some serious reach and size on the receivers which we haven't had.
2: And that was something that you, freeze talked about how important it was for his receivers to have that catch radius mm-hmm. to be those big guys. You don't always have to have a be a big guy to have a great ca- catch radius. You no, know, you can, no. I mean, there's some
1: guys who just have longer arms, right? Right, or just have or that ability, great, great right? ability to leap too.
2: Yep. But um, Auburn's definitely got that. I mean, that's, that's definitely one of the, you know, I don't necessarily think Auburn has a big play receiver. Maybe they do, um, or, or true number one in the SEC. But they definitely got some big guys with big catch radiuses.
1: And that's something that, yeah, Hugh Freeze has used, uh, very successfully through the years. You think back at those old miss receivers and, and then Rivaldo Fairweather is a guy that, uh, you can't help but think, uh, you know, you, yeah. you, you hope there's a little Evan Ingram in him.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, be because nice. he was such a mismatch and that's what Fairweather looks like. It was neat to see him running. I mean, because he was working, you had some of the tight ends that were in a different area, but I mean, uh, he was there with the receivers running, running some of those routes, and he can move.
2: Yeah, he can. Yeah, I, I just, that was a really good pickup. That may turn out to be uh, one of the most important um, of, of the transfers Auburn brought in. I know, obviously, the, the linemen on both sides of the ball are probably the most important. Just oh, yeah, because. And, I think so. You know, if they get a quarterback in the spring that ends up being the starter, that would be the most important. But I think Fairweather could be a guy that surprises a lot of people. 321 3, 1390 don't forget we're uh uh
1: just giving away baseball tickets for the auburn lipscomb series this weekend we'd love for you to join in anything you want to talk about sports wise here on this uh friday afternoon let's see um a couple of a couple of things that uh, have have popped up today i know the guys on the line talking about the fact that vandy has lost liam robbins their uh their, their outstanding center man auburn Terrible timing for Auburn this year because Robbins was out, hurt, yeah. came back, played really well, and, you know, he was the difference in that ball game. He really uh, was. I mean, yeah. Auburn had a great chance of winning that one, but Robbins went to the line 20 times. Yeah, and
2: got those rebounds late, yep. too, that hurt Auburn. Uh, I, sh- I guess we should mention basketball. It's Dylan Cardwell. Um, we asked Bruce Pearl about him today. He is not practicing uh, today. So Bruce said he's probably be what was his word he said doubtful doubtful doubtful, doubtful. Word, yeah for for the game. So Auburn's probably going to have to work Jalen at five some uh, or hope uh Jani can play. Yeah, I I minutes.
1: wonder I wonder if I wonder if Yoan I mean we he, I thought did he even see He didn't up? Yeah. he suited up but he, he okay. as a matter of fact he took the warm up off. Okay. But he never got in the ball game right. against Alabama.
2: And neither did uh, Stretch.
1: But Yoan uh, played and uh and and actually uh I think he played seven or eight, uh, maybe ten minutes against Tennessee up that's
2: right. there. That's right.
1: So, so I don't know. I mean, but without Dylan, Auburn's going to need something. Yeah. I'll tell you what Auburn needs. Auburn needs to avoid foul trouble now yeah. that you don't have Dylan. Yeah. I mean, that's one less guy because, I mean, you, you got so many fouls the other night, yeah. you know, with, with uh, uh, Janai fouling out, Jalen fouling out. Dylan had four
2: before he left the game with the injury. So they could also use a shooting night like they had at Alabama. Right? Oh,
1: you're not kidding, oh. uh, especially the way they they started off. Right. I think they hit nine of their first eleven. Yeah, finished twelve. Of, finished twelve of twenty. Yeah. Uh, and then I'll take sixty percent. I'll take I'll take forty yeah. percent every night. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. So uh, so so that's something we, we'll see how Auburn handles that without Dylan Cardwell tomorrow. Um, the good news, I guess, is it doesn't sound like Dylan is, you know, Dylan's not going to be. At least he hasn't been ruled out for the season. You've seen, right. you've seen players around the league. We mentioned Ziegler, mentioned Robbins, uh, Colin Castleton at Florida. You know, there there's some uh, very prominent players that that are out for
2: the rest yeah, of the year. Very big losses. Yeah, I mean, those are. The best players, almost. I mean, yeah,
1: they pretty well. Yeah. It's the
2: facilitator for Tennessee, yep. and the, and the best, best player
1: on the other two yep. for Robbins and Castleton. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so, so yeah, Auburn, uh, Auburn, Tennessee tomorrow. Back to uh, back to football. They're they're wrapping things up today. Um, they'll take a week off. A week from Monday is going to be very important. We're going to be out there. We'll get we'll get another viewing window. Uh, a week for money when they come back from spring break. And I think that's, that's going to be a really interesting day to see who retains mm-hmm. what they tried to put in here in the first week.
2: Yep, because um, you know, they, they get those first three days in. They're going, I guess, full pads a day or at least shells. Yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's full pads. But, They'll be full pads when they come back, I yep, believe. Yep, and, th- and then they're going to practice on Monday, Wednesday, and then hold that first scrimmage on Friday. So uh, they're going to get that week up. When they come back, it's going to get really serious. Yeah and I
1: know and and I and I understand and I agree there is no depth chart but there is an order.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, of course I mean there what is, happens yeah. in practice
1: each day is going to determine who's out there yeah. first the next day.
2: Yeah, I think we we'll, I think um a week from Monday when we go out there we're going to have a much better idea how things you know sorted out for that first week, right? And and then
1: the next Monday.
2: Yes. It's probably
1: the, the most important one because when we go back the Monday after spring break it will be okay, here are the guys that showed in that first week what they could do. Yep. But then they go through that week and they scrimmage that Monday after the first scrimmage will probably be the most telling day for everyone. I think players and uh, and, and any observer will have an idea yeah. of, okay, who's making a move and who's, who's falling behind.
2: Yep, I'm sure just about everybody is getting a, a rep with the first team or, or reps with the yeah. first team right now. But that, that could change as the spring moves on. The other thing I want to mention is how do you like his idea for – Spring, a spring game? game. I think it's a great idea. I do too. I loved it. I'd never, you know, that seems so simple, yep. but it
1: makes perfect sense. And, and in case uh, we, we just briefly mentioned this the other day, uh, Hugh's idea was uh, put 24 points on the board for... Uh, nice. for the defense. 24 points on the board for the defense, and then you play best against best or whatever the coordinators want. You've got an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. They've got the offense and the defense. It's basically offense versus defense, and the objective for the offense is to score at least 24 points. Yep. And the objective for the defense is to not allow 24 points. Yep. So if, if the offense, you know, I, I guess if Philip Montgomery starts subbing, that's better for the defense. right? Uh, if the defense starts subbing, it's like the offense needs to take advantage to try to score. I think
2: I, I like that. I do, too. That's, that's the best spring game scenario that, that uh, I've thought of, other than being able to go best against the best. If you have those. Couple well, of that numbers. gives you the opportunity of going best against yeah. best as long as you want to. Yep. All
1: right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. We'll, uh, we'll talk some baseball. When we come back, Brian will be heading to the ballpark in just a little while. We'll get his thoughts on the Tigers thus far and uh, take a look at the Lipscomb series, which we have tickets to again. All right. We're out of Sunday. All right. So we have, uh, we have a few tickets left for Saturday. If you want to go tonight, as many as you want as we continue here on the drive. Yeah. always have to always have to figure that out what's on the way yeah welcome back in yeah a little inside there i mean brian's brian's making plans well you get to eat when you're there too Uh, i i know but you get but but it's the same menu right yeah okay i understand i understand what you're saying um so yeah brian matthews along here on this uh friday you're gonna you're gonna check back in monday
2: yeah heck yeah okay Uh, yeah well, we got practice. Yeah, no, there's no, no, Monday, well, right. spring Monday. break. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yes, this is the, this is the yeah. only Monday this month. Yeah, my spring break up. will be spinning Auburn again. <laughs> yep.
1: Uh, well, I mean, you don't have to. Why, why not? I mean, mm-hmm. there's not as much that's going true. on. That's true. Y'all ought, y'all, ought to, yeah. y'all ought to do something. Maybe we will. Yeah, well, hopefully. I mean, you but we'll back. be here Monday. Well, that's good because I don't know. I mean, Dan will be here depending on how Troy does. Uh, probably I, I said I was going to check they were
2: that. Losing by five with two minutes
1: left. Ah, uh, so they were losing. Dan may be here Monday Uh-oh. unless they made a comeback. We'll we'll try to find that. Uh-oh. Drew Drew, stay on that. I'm I'm, uh, I'm checking a couple of other things over here. So anyway, Brian will be back on Monday, but he's here for the first hour today before he heads over to the ballpark. Auburn and Lipscomb. On what earlier today I was thinking, man, this may be may be sketchy as far as the weather, but now it's not going to be as cool as they said. Right. It's uh the rain is gone, the wind is drying things out. And Auburn with a three game series. Oh, so Dan will be here Monday. Troy <laughs> Troy Falls in the first round. Oh wow. They 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 struggle down the stretch. Sort of like Auburn.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean just it, it's hard hard to uh hard to think that, you know, just think back when Auburn was six and one, just outside the top ten nationally oh, no. in conference play. Um so I mean it was tough uh tough way to finish for for the Troy women, so Dan will be here Monday. Uh, but, but yeah, Auburn baseball off to a really good start, especially at the plate. What's going to be really interesting this weekend? A couple of things. I think they'll 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 face pitching that's at least probably better than they have faced to this point, and it'll be interesting to to see how Butch handles the guys on the mound. He's making changes. He's making a change yeah. starting tonight. Right. with the uh, with the rotation,
2: yeah. Tanner Bauman, who has been uh, coming in for relief right after Chase up. they're going right. to flip those two, and Tanner's going to start, and Chase will probably be the first one out of the bullpen mm-hmm. uh, tonight. So uh, Tanner's the big lefty, um, has sort of a quarter slot uh, with his with his uh, throwing, and uh, works really has works really fast, which I think a lot of people appreciate. Not yeah, just, I
1: haven't had a chance to see him in person yet,
2: so so uh, he'll get that start, and then on. Um, Saturday, they're going with um, Herbert Holtz uh, right? again. Uh, Joseph Gonzalez had an MRI earlier this week. Uh, Butch said it, it came out well. and they're He, going he to, seemed
1: really, really upbeat yeah. about the results.
2: Going to give him some bullpens and, and hope to have him back next Saturday. Um, and, and, and that then, would be great. I mean, just to get him
1: back and, and have him on the mound because the following week we're in SEC play.
2: At Arkansas. Yeah. What a start for Auburn, right? And then on um, Sunday it'll be um, the freshman Zach Crutchfield. Uh, Zach Crutchfield, right? Big lefty power. Um, wait, wait, no, he's not a lefty. He, he, is. Yeah, oh, he is. Yeah, he is. Yeah, it can hit. So I was going to go
1: to yeah. start two lefties this weekend. Yeah,
2: and uh, he can bring it. And uh, he's come in relief uh, the first uh, couple of weeks. But um, did he start one midweek game? Did no, I don't think so. I have to go back and look, but uh, definitely uh, two guys getting their um, first weekend starts for mm-hmm. sure, which will be um, big to watch how they see. I think um, both these guys have a chance to be weekend starters when uh, Joseph comes back. I still think they're sort of working out who fits best in those positions.
1: Right. Yeah, Drew. I mean, Drew Nelson had gotten a couple of starts, and they just need to get they just need to get his confidence back, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and but but Zach, Zach is a guy you can see the stuff. Yes, there and I, and same thing I, I felt from uh, Herberts.
2: Yeah, I, I think he's surprised even his coaches. Uh, Butch mentioned that um, that his ball is um, breaking even better than they it saw it. It moves, it does,
1: yeah. it really does.
2: So that, that I mean that's a great sign. And what I felt from the start, going back several weeks ago, was this is going to be a pitching staff that grows as the season moves on. Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing that. You give Joseph back, right? That's you know, once he gets going, that's seven, eight. Oh yeah, there, there, there's,
1: there's a guy that's going to eat up innings very effectively. Yep. I mean, you expect that he'll take you deep into the ball game and most likely leave with a lead.
2: And when that happens, you go from using, say, I don't know, eight or nine pitches, pitchers on a weekend to you know maybe only needing. Four or five, six, maybe. Well, you know?
1: what what's good is is it can work very well for your bullpen. I know the initial thought had been, well, you want your you want your ace as your Friday night starter. A lot of a lot of teams do that. Butch hasn't never never he's never really been the guy to throw his ace on Friday mm. because if you've got your ace on Saturday, then you've got bullpen Friday. Hopefully they rest on Saturday mm-hmm. and then they're available again on Sunday. And,
2: and Joseph is a perfect pitcher for that because he can go seven, eight, nine innings easy in his first start. He went five and I forget how many pitches forty. There you go. Yeah, when you can do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's 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 Greg Maddox like. Yep. yep. I mean, he can strike people out, but
1: it's like, why do it if he can uh, throw that heavy ground ball and and uh, you know just get quick outs?
2: I think he had eleven ground balls, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. that game, something like, like that, yeah. in, in
1: five innings. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So now let's let let's turn to the to the other side though, and the bats. They have. I mean, Auburn can swing the bat. This is going to be again. This this would be a more of a challenge here. But they've got some guys that that really show discipline at the plate. They don't, uh, uh, they don't just swing at anything. But what, they, what they've been able to do is get their pitch and drive it.
2: Yeah, and Ike Irish looks like a freshman All-American. He really he, does. I mean, we've seen a lot of great freshmen come through mm-hmm. Auburn. He looks like a great one. And it's not he doesn't just, look like a freshman at all. No, it's not just his ability, but his mentality is just plus, 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 plus. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He, he is just... He is um matured behind his, his yeah. age, yeah. A very impressive young man. And then Bryson Ware, I think, is a great story because here's a guy who's a senior who really struggled last year, who worked his tail Had off
1: expectations last year. Yeah. I mean, and, and he's he's a really, really good athlete.
2: Yeah, he is. And he worked his tail off in the fall but still struggled at the plate. And I really thought coming in, you know, that I was like, oh, man, this stinks. You know, I thought I just. Yeah, I was thinking, well,
1: Colin Green may be your third yeah. baseman, and Bryson's a guy that, uh, you know, plays a little. Yeah.
2: And then it just clicked for him.
1: Well, he got out there, and he's not, he's not letting anybody no. else. You know, move right. out there to the third base. And
2: I think he played, he's played, I know he's had a couple errors early, but he's played a pretty good third base and he's been terrific at the plate. Um, got a, a bunch of speed, can bunt, mm-hmm. uh, can handle the bat really well, and of course is hitting for power, gap power, home run power. He's been terrific. Um, Justin Kirby. Justin, six hits, six home runs. Justin
1: Kirby's been—it's been ridiculous. <laughs> that is
2: crazy. And Bobby Pierce, um, a little banged up. They're going to test his hamstring. I, I would be surprised if he doesn't play Sun this weekend, but I'm, I'm not sure yet if he's going tonight.
1: Yeah, I'm glad it's dry. I mean, that yeah. you know, you, you don't want to put him out there if it's uh, if it's slick. Um, but but yeah, I mean, you want him you want him completely healthy because I mean, what a story he was last year. He sort of came out of nowhere. Yes. Uh, hadn't gotten much playing time and became a huge factor for Auburn down the stretch and all the way to Omaha a year ago, and uh, yeah, he you, you could tell he was favoring you know, been favoring the leg for a couple of games uh, before he went out the uh, went out this past weekend. So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sure Butch will will hold him until he until they know he's good to go full speed. Yeah, exactly. 334 321 1390. Bill and Brian here in hour number one of the drive with Drew at the controls. Let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline and JR is up. Hey, JR.
3: Hey, Bill. Hey, Brian. Hey, uh, what's the deal
4: with
2: uh, Parker Carson?
4: Has he been getting any run? I mean, he's a local product down here where and Mobile, where I'm from. I was just wondering if he has been getting any plays. Uh,
2: I think he's pitched twice out of the bullpen so far, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I remember no, three he, times. Three yeah, I was going to say I remember a couple. Yeah, most – I think he's pitched on one or two weekends. Um, you yeah, know, he's not coming in, you know, at the end of the game to save it or whatever right now, but he is getting in there. He is definitely a, a, an important part of the pen so far. Yep. Well, well, good. I know he was
4: pretty tough when he was down here at Faith Academy, but I appreciate y'all taking my call. Thank you.
2: Of course, yeah. Sure thing, JR. I mean, thus far,
1: I mean, Will Cannon's got the call yep. for the in uh, save opportunities and is two for two.
2: Yeah, it looks like he is going to be Auburn's, you know, closer, closer, a sophomore from uh, Central Phoenix City. Uh, I think he went to junior college for a year. Yeah, I believe so. And up to speed like four or five, six mm-hmm. miles per hour, whatever it was, and uh, has just really come on since he uh, uh, came to Auburn in the fall or the summer. Um, and then uh, Tommy Vale is, is one that. I think he could transition to be a starter, but he could also be the um, – Well, didn't he – yeah, didn't he get the – Did he got the start? Yeah, he got uh, the start uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, he did. Uh, but he's also a guy they can use to be that long reliever, too. He's mm-hmm. another guy that works really, really fast. and. Um, a, he's a another that, lefty. Yep, yep. So um, I think they like him a lot. It's just a matter of finding the right role for him. I
1: mean, that's the thing. Right now, they're, they're, I think there are plenty of arms that have – you know have ability it's just finding who fits best where you know to you want to know who your long guys are who yeah. the short guys are, who the setup
2: ones are john armstrong's definitely gonna be a setup guy. oh
1: absolutely yep. john armstrong's a guy you can bring in in any situation
2: Yeah, and a guy that you feel like can bitch twice in a week and, and give you you know two or three things yeah. yeah and that's that's a guy they're gonna depend on a lot. i
1: mean and one of the things that uh, butch was talking about I, uh uh had a little interview with him that we uh, did a little earlier this week. And, uh, you know, it's finding guys um, that are more comfortable coming in to starting an inning. I mean, if you've had guys that have that have been starters that are transitioning to the bullpen, they, not, they may not be as comfortable right. to be able to come in with base runners on, you know, used to coming in, starting an inning, throwing out of the full windup, not out of the stretch, things like that, plus... You've got young pitchers right now that are having to adapt to the new rules changes with pitch clock.
2: That's right. Uh, and you got what is it? Twenty? Is it twenty seconds? Yeah, yeah twenty seconds. Yeah. So, and, and it makes a difference. It I've, really does. We've and I've noticed. Uh, I've noticed at least one batter in, in our in our games I've covered that have been called a strike on them for not getting in the. They got to be in the box out. and
1: ready to go with ten seconds. And yeah. then
2: I don't remember what game it was, but somebody I saw somebody on Twitter mentioned that a, a team lost. Yeah, like, the, the game strike. ended.
1: Yeah. The game ended on, the on a batter not being in the yeah, box.
2: That that would be uh, that upsetting. would suck pretty yeah, bad. If a fewer of the guys,
1: of course, now here's here's what it would back back in my early early days of uh, pre little league. I mean. You know when you're first playing, oh yeah, and you're scared to get in the box. Oh, yeah. That would almost be one of those things. I don't want to strike out. I don't want to last <laughs> out here. I just want to step in the box. Yep. They call me. Oh, I would have hit it. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it is. It's going to take some getting used to. I like some of the changes. I, I think. I do think that I wouldn't mind maybe a few seconds added to a couple of these things like the pitching chain those
2: are really fast
1: yeah that's what I mean yeah. you know, in like two and a half minutes or something I mean by the time they get out it's there, like they give give them another 30 seconds there right. I mean games are moving quicker but uh, but it's fun I, I love I love baseball and it, it's great to be at the ballpark again we've still got some tickets for this weekend uh, just call in 321 1390 and we'll set you up we'll get to our final break here of hour number one stick with us here on the friday
0: drive let's get back to the drive the drive with bill cameron and dan peck on espn 1067 and online at espnau.com to be a part of the drive call 334-321-1390 toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at espnau.com
1: Welcome back into the drive. Final segment of hour number one. Man, it's uh, it's flown by with uh, Brian Matthews in here. Um, yeah, a, a fun weekend, a big weekend. I mean, uh, oh, one one thing I guess we we should announce. It's not here in town, but Auburn gymnastics, which was going to be tonight against Kentucky, has been postponed because of bad weather there hmm. uh, in in Lexington, and they're gonna um, they're gonna have a go at it. To they will. I think they'll start at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning, and it'll just be on the SEC Network Plus.
2: Auburn Gymnastics. So we got gymnastics, basketball, and baseball tomorrow.
1: Yeah, that's right. Wow.
2: And softball. And softball, Yep,
1: Yeah, because softball's got another five games. Of
2: course. Well,
1: I mean, they they are right now, they're killing the opposition. They Uh, haven't been the toughest opposition, but they are destroying
2: them. I mean, a run
1: rule seems like every time out, they run rule.
2: They need to schedule some better opponents.
1: Well, Madden. they they needed. I think they needed to build some confidence. Yeah. Um, Maddie Penta's pretty good, though. Regardless of the opposition, yes. she hasn't given up a run yet.
2: They do have Georgia Tech March eighth. That's good. And then SEC plays starts March tenth.
1: Wow. Okay. That's the uh, after. I was looking at my season ticket, my baseball season tickets, and I believe after after South uh, after next weekend, that's the next two teams Auburn baseball plays at home. Georgia Tech and Georgia.
2: There you go. Yeah.
1: So uh so that's coming up. But yeah, it's gonna be a, a busy weekend. Maybe it may not be the easiest parking to find tomorrow. With that's true. with uh baseball, softball, and basketball all going on tomorrow afternoon. So so yeah, let's uh let's let's talk a little bit more. We've got a few minutes, got a few minutes left here uh, about basketball. Um again, I thought they they really played well surprising a bit how well they played after that performance against Kentucky, wasn't it, Brian?
2: It really was because you were wondering, okay, is that is Have that they it? just, you right. know, thrown in the towel. And then they went out there and played fantastic for 30 minutes and it just could not hold on there. And it got some tough breaks, too. Play,
1: yeah, play, yeah. Re- really did. I mean, Losing Jennai Broom with seven plus minutes to go was was awful. I mean, um because Auburn Auburn really was owning the backboards up until then. But when Jennai went out, once Jennai and Dylan had gone out, I mean Auburn went with a small lineup it was Jalen yeah. as their biggest guy and then he goes out. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, uh and I believe I believe Chris Moore may have been the tallest guy on the court. Yeah.
2: And, Chris and, and Allen. And they hung in there. They hung in there at the end. They had to make some shots just to get it over time and you know, if they could have caught a break here or there in overtime, or made one more shot, you know, maybe they could have put off a crazy upset. You know, it was with
1: yeah, with everything that happened, um, Wendell got a good look yeah. at the end of regulation, yeah. and if he just makes that shot, it's it's been it's been a struggle for Wendell down the stretch.
2: Yes, but maybe he's maybe he's saving his, his big gains for uh, you know tomorrow but, and and going into the tournament. Game.
1: Well, that that
2: would be great. Yeah.
1: But I mean, he's. Uh, I looked, and over the last over the last four games, he's thirteen for fifty-two, and that includes six for twelve against Missouri. So that means seven for forty. Yeah. In the other games, he only shot two threes against Alabama. I mean, against Alabama. I mean, some of the some of the plays that he was so good at making a year ago, you know, driving into the lane and you know, in amongst the 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 tall trees yeah. and able to make shots. Just hadn't been able to do that or or hit any of the mid range.
2: And of course it he helped rightly. when you he had all those lobs, Walker Kessler, right? That makes oh yeah, no kidding about that. Well if somebody had to think,
1: oh, he's he's li- he's about to lob it, they'd yeah. back off a split second, he'd be able to go ahead and yep. put it up off the glass. That's a great point. Yep, yep. So I'm sure that has more than a little bit to do with it.
2: I just um you know, he has played so hard, played so many minutes, um, gets banged around so much yep. you just worry that you know, is he just out of it? I mean, not out of it, but is he just run out of gas a little bit here? So, so we'll see. Um, on the other hand, maybe he's been saving the big games for, for late. So,
1: yeah, looking around around the league tomorrow, and there's a lot. I mean, there' a lot of the seeding for the SEC tournament is on the line, and still teams wanting to prove themselves. I see anywhere from four to eight SEC teams projected in the NCAA tournament, and so. Wins here in the regular season are very important. Look, Alabama, um, Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Texas A and M ought to be in. Yeah. Um, Arkansas, I I usually see it. Missouri should be in. uh, Missouri very well is going to be the four seed uh, here. With um, all they need is either Tennessee or Kentucky to lose, and and they beat Ole Miss, and they're the four seed. And they're going to beat Ole Miss. Yeah. They they sure should. Right. I mean. I, I keep thinking I understand what's going on and then, you know, LSU pulls off a win right. or 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 Vandy beats Kentucky and Rupp, what I think Kentucky is as is, is, is good a team as there is and a team that you don't want to play. But, yeah, the games, the schedule uh, in the SEC tomorrow, Alabama and Texas A&M, that gets it started at 11. It's... Uh, it's sort of a shame that A and M lost and and you don't have a, right. an opportunity That'd for the for the tie, but Alabama's already clinched, and uh, so that's an eleven o'clock game on CBS. Georgia at South Carolina, whoo, that's a biggie, isn't it?
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: at at noon on the SEC network, the Auburn Tennessee game is one o'clock on ESPN, and that is that is huge. Again, Auburn Auburn with a win, I think, is in regardless of what happens in the yeah. SEC tournament. A loss. And they may need to really make a showing in the SEC tournament. Uh, Also at 1 o'clock on CBS, Kentucky at Arkansas. Should be a good game. That could be be really important um, as as, as far as the seeding and for Arkansas. Arkansas, you know, has sort of been up and down. You keep thinking, oh, they're a team, look out. But uh, they're eight and nine in in conference. Uh, Two thirty on the SEC network is the Ole Miss Missouri game. That Missouri and that's at Columbia. Oh, I mean, they ought to win that ball yeah. game comfortably. Uh, LSU at Florida. Uh, you know that's. Um, I mean, Florida isn't going to make the NCAA tournament unless they win the conference tournament. The same way with LSU. LSU's going nowhere. That's the five o'clock game on the SEC network, and then the final game is. um uh is Mississippi State at Vandy. And I thought oh that could be really interesting, but with the word of Liam Robbins being yeah. out for Vandy, you would think State's gonna win that ball
2: yeah. game. A big big win for them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh again, big day tomorrow. Brian, thanks for uh for coming in. Uh look forward to seeing you on Monday. We'll uh we'll we'll catch back up on everything from a busy, busy weekend and uh we'll have of course the, the SEC tournament Brackets and be able to look at those.
2: That starts Wednesday, right? Yeah, Thursday
1: starts Wednesday.
2: Wednesday,
1: Yep. All right, Uh, we're done with hour number one. Brian, thanks again for coming by, man.
2: Appreciate
1: it. Are you Are you going to be at the ballpark much this weekend, or just tonight?
2: Be there Friday. uh, Stokes is doing Sunday. I'm doing basketball Saturday, and I'm not sure. I may I may go over the park Saturday. All right.
1: Well, I'll probably see you over at the uh, the arena tomorrow, but I'll I'll be around the ballpark some, but uh, just don't know exactly when. All right. See you on Monday. Hey, uh, I'll tell you what. We've got got 30 seconds. Let everybody know, you know, in case they don't, how they can access all the
2: great stuff. Appreciate that. We'll have plenty of coverage of the big weekend at AuburnSports.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at BMATAU. Right back with hour number two. Got plenty coming
1: up. Stick with us here on the Friday Drive.
0: ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika.
5: This is sports. I'm Kevin Winter News from the PGA Tour. Tiger Woods will not compete in next week's Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass. The deadline To make the field was 5 p.m. today. Tiger Woods played all 72 holes two weeks ago at the Genesis Invitational just outside of L.A. Finished at a Tide for 45th. He's still recovering from his crash injuries from two years ago. Tigers maintained he'll play all the majors and then a couple of events here and there. It was thought maybe the possibility existed that the players could be one of them. Uh Tiger not playing in the players next week, so that pretty much means the next time we're going to see Tiger Woods on the PGA Tour will be at Augusta National in early April. Josh Jacobs of the Las Vegas Raiders expected to pick up the franchise tag from the team. News first reported by the NFL Network, confirmed by ESPN. By the way, back to the world of golf at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Round two is finishing up. Kirk Tidyma with a nine under this morning. Jordan Spieth fired a. 3-under-69. Kitiyama at 9-under-par after a 4-under-68. Kitiyama leads speeth by 2. There's a group of 3 golfers that sits at 3-under-par. Coverage tomorrow on ESPN Plus for round 3.
0: ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Welcome
1: in hour number two of the drive here on this Friday. It's Bill and Drew here in the studio. We'd love for you to join in. Uh, we we um, before we continue, want to go ahead and let you know we have we still have some baseball tickets for this weekend. Auburn hosting Lipscomb, and uh, we've got uh, tickets for tonight. If you'd like, you know, a handful of tickets. If you'd like, I think we have a dozen tickets for tonight. So, if you'd like some tickets for tonight, want to take a, a, a group over there uh, and you can swing by the studio. If not, we'll uh, you can talk, give us a call on the Kia of Auburn hotline, 334 321 1390, and uh, we'll figure a way to get those tickets to you. Um, but we also have, we still have a few tickets left for tomorrow? Yeah. Okay. I um, think we have maybe two pairs of tickets for tomorrow. So, if you'd like. Uh, tickets for baseball, it could be a nice basketball, baseball doubleheader tomorrow. You can just call in 334-321-1390, and we'll set you up with those as well. Uh, hour number two of The Drive, brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com dot com. You can uh, mention the phone number, the Kia of Auburn Hotline, 334-321-1390. Or or you can text us on the drive text box. And that is brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And that number is 334-564-1840. Let's get to the Kia of Auburn Hotline. And Rob gets us started this hour. Hey, Rob. Hey, guys. uh, Well, I'm
6: just... I'm heartbroken that uh our friends in Tuscaloosa get uh have played a tough schedule. Uh welcome to Auburn's World, which I've always taken as a badge of honor uh and pride in that Auburn shies from no one. Why would Nick Saban be concerned with the program he has that he's gotta play Tennessee, Auburn, and L S U every year? What does it matter? I mean a t- player they want.
1: Oh, sure. Sure. You're right. You're right. They do. And, and what Rob's talking about, Nick Saban uh, telling, uh, uh, who was it exactly he told? I guess it was just in an interview. He said that uh, uh, he let it out. Uh, and and it's no big surprise that you know the SEC looking at a nine game conference schedule we've talked about it and and hey Rob those are the three teams that I've had Alabama playing all along it makes sense for them to play those three they're three big rivals and they also balance things up a little bit but uh, uh I guess I guess anytime you can try to try to do anything to get an edge you're going to say so well let
6: me say this uh, I wish you know, Jason Caldwell was on sidelines this morning with us talking about Auburn, and look, at, Auburn is about to – I absolutely believe it because Jason and Bill, I know you and Dan, are not apt to, to be optimistic without basing it on fact or a lot of due diligence. Auburn had seven offensive linemen is what they would have had on campus for spring practice. And now bringing in
1: – If all they the all guys, stayed.
6: If they all stayed. <laughs> But, like Jason said, we wouldn't have been able to have spring practice had we not done this. But, you know, Vanderbilt, maybe that's because Auburn, there's a lot of Auburn alumni in Memphis and a ton of them in Nashville. So, you know, Vanderbilt, Auburn has a 500 record all time, like twenty twenty and one against Vandy. But um, I'm, I'm going to miss playing LSU every year.
1: Well the good thing is you still get to play them twice every 4 years. You get to play them home and away yeah. every 4 years. And and you know until yeah. until 92, uh you hardly ever got a chance to play LSU. I know.
6: I, I mean try, I remember and like, I I just I love the fact Auburn has always played about the toughest schedule in the conference. And and they I They mean, have,
1: that's... but do you think you think it's because Auburn wanted to play the toughest schedule in the conference every year?
6: You know, I've had.
1: I, I think they didn't mind, the but theory. I don't think that was the <laughs> intent.
6: What do you think, Mark Green would think about that? I think he, took, he would have loved the National
1: You take pride. Because, you take pride. You know, you take pride in doing that, but it's yeah. uh, you, you want it to be as equitable for everybody, as fair right. as fair for everybody, and that's what the SEC is gonna to try to do. I think what Nick wants the SEC to do is not look back ten years but look back twenty five. That would move Tennessee up and make it tougher. Does you think does Alabama really want to stop playing Tennessee? That's crazy because no. if when he's talking about that, I guess he'd like to move Tennessee into the upper half and then pick somebody else from the lower
6: half. Well yeah but I just think Auburn uh has always played the toughest schedule. And you can – you know, Auburn's got, you know, eight SEC championships. Uh, Although, Bill, I'm going to say it on your show. I'm starting a new campaign. Uh, Whoever makes bumper stickers, I'd like to call you. I'm going to claim – because, you know, Alabama's claimed national championships uh, in 1983 that they've been awarded 58 years ago uh, by some rinky-dink service. Let's claim the 72 SEC championship and make it nine – and give me the weekend, I'll dig up some more. But Auburn was five and one. Bama was they played an extra game or two.
1: Yeah, they played one more. They played one. I think Auburn yeah. was yeah. It was either five and one and six and one or six and one and seven and one. That was the difference.
6: Yeah, it was five and one and six and one. So yeah, that's my point. And Alabama did it out of the goodness of their heart. Oh and sure. They would split the gate with Vanderbilt. You know, just to help them out. Come on, look. Let's claim the seventy-two. Let the amazing fiftieth anniversary this past year. Uh, Jeff Miller wrote the book. Let's
1: claim seventy-two. Let's do the right thing and claim it as SEC champions. Can can, can I get an amen from you, Bill? oh uh, golly, if, if I want to, I want to. Uh, it's uh, what they should. What the SEC look? What the SEC should have done is said one of those games isn't going to count, and you're going to announce before the season which one doesn't count toward the standings. I mean, yeah. that's that. Yeah, that, that's what. That's what should have been done at the time. There's no way that any conference should allow teams unless there's something like. You know, a pandemic. Uh, they shouldn't allow teams to play different number of conference games.
6: No, I mean, and that, but that's what went on. Yep. Really it went on for years. Yeah, went on for a long time. And and I, I mean, and another thing, I'm going to start a new uh, TV show called Forensic Officiating. We're going to go back throughout the history of college football and take all this review technology and see how many plays took place uh, that. You know, a wink and an eye from a, a coach looking at the official like going, yes, sir, yes, sir. You know, over there, how many of those plays would have been overturned? How different the narrative of college football would be today? Because Auburn people embrace it. We're the 12th winningest program in the history of college football. But we think because we're in the same state with Alabama. I don't, but I think a lot of our fans do. We worry what is Alabama going to think? Who cares? You ought to be concerned is, what do Auburn people think? And by the way, if you, if you want to claim all 10 national championships, Auburn, do it. Don't put it out for public consumption so other fans can crash the message board. Why not claim 10? Michigan claims 11.
1: Yeah, I don't think. You know what, Rob, though? I mean, that, that may have been the case about uh, Auburn people being concerned about what Alabama thinks. I don't know that uh, Auburn has a coach right now that I'd be concerned about that with.
6: No, no, I agree with you. I'm just talking about. Which is
1: which a great thing.
6: Yes, yes, because I can tell you one thing. There are gonna be a lot of Memphis people that are not even Auburn fans now pulling for Auburn. Hugh Freeze is extremely popular. The only guy more popular than him in Memphis is Bruce Pearl. I think Memphis would move heaven and earth to get him. We ought to be lucky we got him. Same thing with Butch Thompson. So, anyway, Wardam, love the show.
1: Appreciate the call, Rob. Have a great weekend. Hi, right, you too. 510 uh-huh. here on the Friday drive, and uh, back to the. Uh, Uh, before, before we get back to the phone, understand we, we have a, a special guest joining us here on Skype, man, uh, Dan, tough to, tough to hear the, uh, the news Uh, earlier today.
7: Yeah. So, so Troy and old dominion played in the quarterfinals of the Sunbelt conference tournament game just went final about a half hour ago. Old dominion controlled the game throughout. They were up 18 in the fourth quarter. Troy rallies back to make it a one-point game. It was 84-83 in the final minute. And this is a new one for me, Bill. So after Troy made it a one-point game, Old Dominion inbounded the ball with five players on the floor and a sixth one inbounding the ball. What? But the referees didn't catch it until after the, 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 the girls scored. I mean, my understanding is it should be a technical foul the moment that the sixth player is
1: involved no, in, with with well, the, the moment, game clock the running. Yes, you're, you're absolutely when, right. When
7: the inbounder touches the ball, if there are five players on the floor and the inbounder has it, like that's that's a T right there. So but what what did the it girl was, do that ended about it? Just run to the bench? Yeah, I mean she would. <laughs> I mean it was so so they quickly scored and then there was a timeout on Troy's side. Once they made it a six point game, it wasn't reviewed and. Uh, the uh, you know oh, Troy Troy has a a chance at a three pointer. It's blocked as time expires, and that's that ends the game. But I mean, this this was in the final fifteen seconds of the game. You know, Troy Troy gets it down to to one, ODU. It gets a gets a basket off of the play where they had six players. So did you Troy. notice it at while while they were not, making did not the not play? I not notice it at the time while everything was going on. You know how close I am to the action. I, I right. I, I know. I mean, it was it was within within a second of the girl catching it. She goes up and scores. But screenshots are clear. I mean, there, there's video evidence that there were six players out there, and the Troy coaching staff is just, you know, they... they oh, beside they themselves. No kidding. Yeah, I mean, you, you can imagine. They, they didn't leave the court bill for 10, 15 minutes. The AD was out there. Sunbelt administrators had to come explain the situation. And it's just... It's a terrible way to lose on, you know, a season that had been so special, mm. and to fight back and get that close. You know, it's one thing if ODU, you cruises to an 18-point victory or something, but to fight back like that and then lose, it's it's just, yeah, it's it's a real shame, and a, a brutal way for this season to end. I hate it for the coaches and players who work as hard as they do, and uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a disappointing end. I couldn't be prouder of this team in all seriousness. I get to see how hard they work, I get to see how hard they play. I could not be prouder to be the radio play by play guy for the Troy Trojans women's basketball team, but this is a this this is a difficult one, Bill.
1: Well we've it's not like we haven't been talking a little bit about officiating the last couple of days. Uh so it it is it it's been a tough it's it's been a tough year um watching watching some of the uh, calls and non calls that we've seen and that's just that that's an all-timer. You're right. I've never heard of anything yeah. like that.
7: Yeah, I am you know, I'm sort of I'm struggling to I was struggling to wrap my head around it as people were explaining it to me, you know, as, as to why why Troy was so upset after the final whistle. Right. And once it, once it was explained to me, I mean, I I understood completely and I actually so we're we're on the Concourse here in Pensacola and I stayed on the air way longer than I'm supposed to because uh, I, I, had to, I had to talk to a coach about what happened before this broadcast sure. ended, and I'm glad, I'm glad we were able to. And it was as difficult a post-game interview. We got some seniors that you know, may have played their last game in a Troy uniform today that have just given their all to this program, and it's, it's so disappointing that that's the final minute of their college basketball career
1: and i uh yeah i can't I can't even imagine um yeah. it's eh, it, I wasn't
7: planning on I would
1: say it's show, unbelievable, like I, but i mean uh i you know we we've seen some crazy things
7: bill if if you if you weren't doing i mean i don't know how much of this is for the listeners because if you weren't doing the show right now, I probably would have just called you oh yeah i understand and anyway, i and I, I'm, I'm glad had this, you we did had this conversation we would have had this conversation <sharp> off the air, but i yeah, I figured I'd call and tell you what happened but again um in all in all seriousness, could not you know? Because I I'd, I'd love to be back next year, but I don't know what's going to happen. You know, a lot of things could happen. So I, I just I could not be prouder to be associated with this team. And it's a it's a disappointing loss, but they'll be back. You don't finish you don't finish in the top four of the Sunbelt Conference nine years in a row without some bounce back and some resilience. And and if you know what you're doing. So I'm, it you know it's going to be a tough bus ride uh, back to the hotel. And and you know we might we might head back tonight. I don't know, but it's uh yeah it's 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 a it's a disappointing one and i I hate it i hate it for these girls
1: oh i I, absolutely dan i'm i'm glad you called him man i'm i'm really sorry to hear that what a what a terrible way to end a season um man i hope they get an opportunity to to have some postseason would
7: would love would love to see this team play another game really hope they get a chance in the nit or even the wbi would love to see this team play another game bill
1: yeah I, i sure hope so dan well uh you guys, I mean, take care. I, I know it's uh, man. It's going to be a, a a long, long ride back. But yeah. uh, I mean,
7: th- thankfully, we're just in Pensacola, so like, it's not going to be that long, literally. But you know, it's it's for, for some of these girls, you know, that they could be they could be re- revisiting this one for a while. So I, d- I just wanted to call and say, uh, yeah, tell tell you about it. And I'll be back on Monday. It looks like, but d- disappointing end to the Sun Belt tournament for the Troy women. Yeah, no question about it.
1: All right, uh, Dan, uh, have a good weekend. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll see you and Brian then on Monday. Absolutely. Talk to you soon, Bill. All right, Dan Peck joining. Yeah, man, that is a that. What a bizarre, what a bizarre ending. Golly, I mean, you thought we'd seen pretty much the other day uh, with phantom calls and things like that. That's crazy. Six on five. Yeah. A little bit of an advantage. That's a good play if you can run it. All right, let's let's get back to the phone before we get to our first break here this hour, because Jeremy's been hanging on for a while. Hey, Jeremy.
4: Yeah. Hey, Bill. I, I'm I'm just curious. Like we're going to have to ask him. At what point did the Troy coaches know what was going on?
1: Yeah. It's, I I have. Yeah. I I really I want to know more about that. I mean, somebody. Right. Yes. Yeah, somebody. Somebody probably noticed. They must not have. Must not have realized until the game was over. Look, in in the
4: back of my head, I've got I've got Virginia Final Four vibes going. Where after the fact, and once everyone realizes exactly what the rule is, you find out that that's a double dribble and it should have been called. No one on the Auburn bench at the time was screaming for it for for it to be called a double dribble. Uh Um, And I'm I'm just wondering, like, at what point did the Troy coaches know that they had? Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I, I've got all kinds of scenarios in my head. What if they didn't have a timeout and they're trying to let the officials know? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it is it is a crazy, crazy story. Yeah. Um,
4: this, this SEC football scheduling thing, I, I don't quite understand why everyone is so up in arms about their permanent three.
1: Really? Because
4: over the course of four years, you're going
1: to play everybody twice. You're right. Now, you're over the, over the course of four years, you may play a little dip, more difficult schedule because you're playing if you've got a more difficult three. But what the SEC is trying to do is balance it, and they're taking yeah. they're taking the top eight and the bottom eight. The teams in the top eight are going to play two in the two in the top and one in the bottom. Teams in the bottom are going to play two in the bottom, one in the top. The thing is, right now, if you look back over ten years, Tennessee's in the lower eight, and that's where it doesn't seem fair for Alabama to be playing Auburn LSU, who are in the top, and Tennessee, who over the last ten years, is in the bottom. Well, it'll still work itself out, and especially if you go in and can can update it every few years.
4: Maybe, yeah, but either way, you're going to have Tennessee – Twice, whether they're permanent or not, and you're still going to have to deal with some mixture of Oklahoma, Texas AM, and Georgia, Florida, Georgia. Like, it, it, I just don't understand why why this is is the bugaboo that it is. I'll forever.
1: tell you why. Like, you, you want to know why? Is, is complaining about who their three are. You, you want to? Well, you know why, Jeremy. It's because Nick Saban knows he's not going to be coaching forever, and he doesn't want to start off with the toughest schedule.
4: Well, I, you know, I hate it for him. Um,
1: <laughs> I know you do. I'm I'm,
4: ter- I'm I'm terribly concerned about what Nick Saban thinks, but <laughs> I, you know, I just it. I, I like I said, I'm just <laughs> like everybody. This, this schedule is about to get hard. Like you think the SEC has been tough? Wait wait till you throw in Oklahoma and Texas, and now you're
2: playing
1: nine games. On schedule.
4: Yes. You're playing nine games that's going to include Florida, Georgia, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, and, like, you're going to have a year where you have to play all those
1: teams. Yeah, that's right. And, and so I, that's it's more I, important to me how you balance the other 12 teams than the three you're playing. Yeah. I mean, because exactly. you, you could you could have two out of the four years where it's just ridiculous, right. and yeah,
4: yeah. That, that's where that's where you know, like you you want to make sure that you're you're if you're at that point if you're Alabama, you just want to make sure that you don't have Oklahoma, Texas, Georgia, and Georgia, right, all <laughs> on the schedule <laughs> along with those three. But now right. there may be years where that has to happen. And I'll tell you what, Alabama's probably more likely to have that happen if Tennessee's not their permanent rival. So, I, you know. Yeah, I, you're right. I don't know. Uh, you know, it's like, all, all the crying about it, like, guys, you, you think, everybody thinks the SEC has been tough. You better, No, you it's about to really get, off get off, tough. You're it's right. About, it's about to get
1: tough. Oh, yeah.
4: So,
8: all right, then
1: appreciate it jeremy hey that's that's some really good stuff really good thoughts i mean it is going to be it's going to be very difficult uh it needs to be as equitable as even as it can be to start and then and then we'll just see but uh i'm sort of looking forward to it though all right we need to get to our first break here of hour number two uh we've got a special tiger takes coming up this evening um zepp jasper was was uh, busy yesterday, but he'll be joining me at the bottom of the hour, so stick around for that and much more. We've got some football coaches uh, that we may be able to get you some audio for as well, but your calls come first here on the Friday Drive.
0: Are live on The Drive. <laughs> the Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at drive at ESPNAU.com.
1: Welcome back into The Drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill, Drew in the studio. And let's get back to the Kia of Auburn Hotline, and Mitch is up next. Hey, Mitch.
9: Hey, Bill. Um, Rob brought up something uh, about the, uh, you know, the SEC and and uh, Alabama sometimes playing an extra game back in the seventies and everything. Yep. And I think, and I think when we uh, when we heard about expansion a couple of years ago at SEC Media Days, I went back and and looked at the standings. Uh, the SEC champions all the way back to '59, but um, uh, just to throw some stuff out here, I'm looking at my my little my little book here. Um, like in 1970, LSU won the SEC and was five and zero oh in the SEC. The next year in '71, Alabama was seven and zero. Oh. In in '72, they were actually seven and one. Um,
1: yeah, that's what I was 70, thinking. Like- Auburn was six and one, and they were seven and one.
9: Yeah, and and Alabama in 73, they were 8-0. And then in 74, they were 6-0. And in 75, they were 6-0. 76, Georgia, you know, messed up that run in the 70s for Alabama. It was 5-1. And then in 77, Alabama was 7-0. And then 78, 6-0. 79, 6-0. Georgia, 1980, obviously 6-0. But in 81, Alabama finished... uh, 7-0 Seven and zero in the SEC, but I think they finished nine three and one overall. So I'm assuming, like like you were saying, they may have played an extra SEC game, but one of them didn't count because Georgia won the SEC in '81. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I, I mean, I went I went and looked at their schedule from 1981, and they definitely played seven conference games, and they won all of them. But I'm, I'm and I don't know if maybe because Georgia was in '81, I think they were ranked uh, third, maybe that year. Um, and so maybe they gave it to them because they were the higher rank. Because I like, I think Alabama. Well, what?
1: Yeah, what they used to do. Remember the Sugar Bowl used to uh, um, used to take if teams were tied, they'd take they'd take the one that had been the far the longest since they'd been there uh, as a representative right. there. Um, for the for the Sugar Bowl, so I mean that's sort of how they used to determine who would go where uh, if there were ties.
9: Okay, okay, yeah, because I remember Georgia, yeah. I think was uh, weren't they number one no, going they, into the Sugar don't Bowl in eighty and eighty yes, two? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, so yeah, so I guess I guess after eighty one, they wouldn't allow until you know ninety two, and we expanded. They wouldn't let you play more than. Uh,
1: no, what they what they would do then is if you wanted to, you would have to designate one as a non conference game. Sort of like when Auburn and Alabama would play in baseball in Birmingham, I mean in, in Montgomery or something like that. It wouldn't count as a conference right. game.
9: Right, right. That's what I was thinking about. As soon as you said that, about, you know, that that, that uh, capital city classic uh-huh. is is not is not considered a conference game. But um, um, uh, before you know, before we got to go to the break real quick, um. JV football. When did they stop JV football? I think
1: I've asked you. It was in the eighties. It was early. It was it was uh early on uh in Coach Dye's time because I you know, I used to I used to do the play by play for it. Um but yeah, I could look up the exact year, but it was it was somewhere before we got to the mid eighties. So it was probably eighty three or four, somewhere in there. Appreciate the call, Mitch. We do need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Zepp Jasper joins us on the other side. Stick with us here on the Friday Drive.
0: The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
1: Welcome back into The Drive here on this Friday afternoon. Turned out to be a pretty nice... Looking Friday afternoon after a, uh, uh, not, not, not too, uh, not too nice morning. I mean, uh, rain and wind and, and now things have turned out pretty nice. Looks like it's going to be a nice weekend. So I hope everybody got big weekend plans. A lot going on this weekend. And, uh, right now we're pleased for a special edition of our weekly Tiger Takes brought to you by also law group when you need legal assistance call zach he's got your back or find him on the web at alsolaw.com and we're joined once again this week uh moving it back a day because he had some things going on yesterday pleased to be joined by senior guard zep jasper here on the friday edition of the drive zep how you doing today man I'm done. All right. How are you doing today? Doing fine. Looking forward to a a busy weekend and uh I th- this got I know there's no question. I saw saw your uh saw your tweet. I mean, the uh you you don't look forward to this, but you can't help but no. I mean, here it is. It's tomorrow. It's going to be it, it's it's the last time most likely you're going to be putting on that Auburn uniform and, and going out there Competing at, at Neville Arena.
8: Oh, yeah. Tomorrow will be the last time, you know, in Neville Arena, you know, which I hate to say it, but, you know, as it be my last time in Neville Arena, you know, I just want to make sure I get a win, you know, and just embrace the last time I've been in this arena and, you know, see all the fans and, you know, see all my friends, my family. Um, it just be one of those games that, you know, I'm going to give it my all. You know it's going to be very emotional from the jump. Oh, that- you know, I might just shed a tear because you know, um, you know I love Auburn so much. You know Auburn has treated me well since I've been here, and you know I want to leave on a good note.
1: No question about that, Zip. And I and I mean I mean anyone who who follows this team and and uh, follows you knows exactly. I mean, you're you're an Auburn man through and through and how much this means to you and, and how much it means to to everyone watching you as you go out. I mean, you're a guy that um that, that gives it everything that you have every minute that you're out there and uh and 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 everybody's everybody's there with you and and yeah it's it's tough to think about dry eyes when when uh when, when your name's being called and you got the you know the families out there and um I mean, that's, uh, that, that's, it's a huge day, but it's, it's such an, such an emotional thing. So, uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more. Let's, we'll talk a little more about tomorrow and everything. Uh, I, I know you don't want to spend much time on, on the past week, but, uh, tough week. I mean, first, you, you, you go up to Lexington. Things are going pretty well for the first 15 minutes and then you sort of went sideways. But what, what an, uh, what an ability and an effort to, to turn that around with that uh, tough trip up to uh, Tuscaloosa and man i mean um played about as as well as as we've seen this team play uh for the first 30 minutes or so
8: oh yeah well, well it was a great game um great atmosphere um we came out on fire we came out like we wanted to win the game um it just one of those games that you know, a lot of people doubted us. Um, you know, Alabama, as we speak, Alabama beats people by 25 points. Yeah. Um, at that house and, you know, everybody looked at us like we were the, the big underdogs, like, our uh, Auburn will lose by 25. They won't come in here and do anything. But, you know, this team showed a lot of fight. Um, we showed that we can stick with any team in the country once we put our mind to it. Um, you know, I was super proud of the team because, you know, after that loss against Kentucky, you know, we came in with the mindset of let's let's go ahead and shock the world, let's go ahead and try to win this game. And you know, even though we didn't win, we showed people that, you know, we still a scary team to play, even though you know I I see it maybe be like four or five or six or seven, you know, in the SCC tournament coming up. But I guarantee you any team we play gonna be scared of if because of the way we play. And the way we've been playing is, is we lose on the road by you know two three you know four points you know and that's that's scary you know when you play against a team that always loses on the road by two three or four points so you know a lot of, a lot of teams hoping that they don't run up against us
1: and that's something that uh, that that hasn't been talked about enough yeah there, there's six losses on the road by an average of four points. And you're not going to be playing on the road. You could be playing in neutral sites or someplace where there there could be more of some fans than others. But you're not going to be going back into in somebody else's court um, w- when you play them. And, and you're absolutely right. You guys have shown you can play with anybody. I mean, Alabama's a team that a lot of people are saying may be the number one overall seed. And you've led them for three-quarters of the minutes that you played against them this year?
8: Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, we didn't lead against them in both games. You know, it's just about how you end the game. You know, that's been the biggest thing, you know, on that. But, like I said, we're a scary team. We're a team that when we're together, when we're, we're fighting, we're putting all, all into it. You know, we're a team that can beat. The best teams out there in the country. So you know, if Alabama is number one and number two team in the country, and and we just played them like that,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the that's toughest any, toughest anybody has played them there. I mean, they've had a couple of close games, but I mean, uh, you know, you you guys have the ball and a chance to win in the final few seconds and take them to overtime.
8: Oh yeah, it just shows you that you know that with with teams a team that can make anything happen. And, you know, it just shows you that, you know, sometimes rankings don't mean anything. Sometimes rankings put, you know, something on your back that you don't want to have on your back. And all the pressure is on you when you're ranked one, two, or three in the country.
1: Oh, no question about it. You've got a, you've got another very highly thought of team coming in tomorrow. A team that last time I looked was number three in the net, uh, with Tennessee coming in. And that's another team that you guys took to the, to the wire. No question. I mean, uh, a, a, a non call at the end of the game that might have given an opportunity to tie it. You lose by three and hold that Tennessee team to 46 points up in Knoxville.
8: Oh, yeah, Tennessee is a, is a great team. Um, we held them to 46 points um, last outing, but, you know, it wasn't good enough. <laughs> we needed four more points just to beat them, but um, coming to tomorrow game, this is a game that we have to win. This is a game that we need to make sure we secure our spot in it. March Madness. Um, this is a game that will mean to most of us, a game that we'll always remember because if we don't win this game. Now we're looking at
3: <laughs>
8: other things, and we just want, don't want to put ourselves in that position to not make March Madness. We didn't work too hard, did so many things, and not make March Madness. The goal is to make March Madness and make noise, and you know, you know. I, I remember that team, twenty nineteen team, mm-hmm. where they lost a such and such amount of games, but they end up showing people that they was doubted and they doubt everybody doubted them so much they turned that doubt into a positive and they beat all the highly ranked teams in that tournament and made it to the final four. Why can't we beat a team just like them?
1: Yeah, that one came after a a, a pretty a, a pretty solid whipping at the hands of Kentucky as well. So it's been done before. You're absolutely right. And and the thing is, the season doesn't end Tomorrow, but but you're absolutely but but you're 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 absolutely right. You 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 want to go ahead and make that statement and know that you're in, and uh, and then then you're completely loose as can be and uh, see what you can do in the SEC tournament next week.
8: No doubt, um, that's the goal. The goal is to to make it happen. The goal is to to win this game tomorrow and and, and make things happen in the SEC tournament because. We know we can't win a regular season championship anymore. That's out the window. But one thing we can do is count on this. bringing that momentum, you know, by trying to beat Tennessee and mm-hmm. bringing that momentum in, and and trying to have some good, you know, good positive things to go into the SEC tournament with.
1: Yeah, there's no no question that could be a big boost. And of course, they're without Zakai Ziegler.
8: Oh yeah, speedy recovery to is Zakai Ziegler
2: mm-hmm.
8: um, as being one of those guys. Um. You know, he's a leader for that team. You know, he, I look at him as one of the best guards in the SEC. Um, it was he was leading the conference in assists, but, right. Leading the conference in assists, but um, he's just one of those guys that can affect the game in so many so many different ways. But, you know, Tennessee still is going to be a, a, a hard team to beat. This, this won't be an easy game. I know a lot of people say oh, the Kyle Siegler out, but I promise you, this will be a tough game. This game is going to go down to the wire. Yeah. And
1: we've seen, we've seen these teams play before. And hey, basketball is a physical game and it doesn't get much more physical than when you play Tennessee.
8: It doesn't. They're one of the most physical teams in the SEC. Matter of fact, in the country. Um, uh-huh. they make sure they go on the boards. They make sure they make sure they just pushing you, going for the offensive rebounds. Um, it's just one of those things that, that you have to be prepared on what you're getting into. You have to be able to get into a brawl because they're big. They're going, they're, they're going to the, get the rebounds. They're going to be physical. They're going to push this and that. But it, it's not going to be a one of those games that is dirty plays. It's just they play physical and tough. And we got to be able to sustain that type of ability to do the same thing to them.
1: That's one thing. It's it's two of the most physical teams because yeah, Auburn Auburn ain't going to back down from that. That's uh that's something we saw and we've seen every time these two teams play.
8: Oh yeah, no doubt. Um, it it'd be a great one. Um, I can't wait. Um, for tomorrow, and I look forward to you know for my last game in Auburn, I mean, Neville Arena. Um, you know I just hope and, and pray we get this win tomorrow. Well, I, I'm I'm really looking
1: forward to the uh, to the ceremonies. Uh, you know, looking forward to a, a huge crowd. Even though spring break has started, the jungle's going to be packed, and everybody there celebrating you and the and the other seniors. Uh, and and I I know it's it's going to be a very emotional moment for you. And and man, we have we've really enjoyed uh, having you on here on on Tiger Takes. And hopefully, hopefully, we're not done. But in case, in case we are, is there anything you want to say to the to the Auburn fans that are listening?
8: Um, I just want to say it won't be over. It never will be over. I'll always be Auburn forever. This will always be home. And you know, I'm just gonna miss talking on this, talking on here because. You know, I look forward to doing this every week. And without doing this, you know, in every basketball season, um, you know, it kind of makes me sad because I love to talk about basketball. I love to talk about the present, the past, now. And, you know, I just know Auburn's going to always be the best university in America, without a doubt. And, you know, I appreciate all the fans, the Auburn community, My family, my friends,
1: and I just want to tell y'all, thank y'all, man. It's been our pleasure, Zepp. And and hey, um, there's there's no reason you you still can't talk with us here. I mean, we're that's what we're here for. We we've really enjoyed this, Zepp. Again, hope we're not done. um, But uh, best of luck to you tomorrow. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Zepp Jasper joining us. Tiger Takes, special edition here on this Friday, and it really was. Uh, Tiger Takes brought to you by Alsobrook Law Group. When you need legal assistance, call Zach. He's got your back, or find him on the web at alsolaw.com. We'll get to our final break of the afternoon. Stick with us here on the Friday Drive.
0: Time to churn up some more yardage on the Drive. (laughs) Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com.
1: Welcome back in. Final segment of the drive here on this Friday. And yeah, Drew tells me as we're wrapping things up with Je- uh, uh, Zepp Jasper. Oh, it's raining. It's like, what? I mean, I was just talking a while ago. It was The sun was shining. I said, oh, we made it through the day and it wasn't raining. We're just moments away, a few minutes away from the uh, start of baseball, and it starts raining. Tex, what's going on? Why Why is it? It, it wasn't supposed to rain after midday.
3: Because they knew I was on my way
1: to the game. <laughs> Golly, man.
3: <laughs> I just pulled into the parking garage, and it's raining at Plainsman Park, and rained really all day. No,
1: now, the wind's been blowing, but I mean, so what? Yeah.
3: So I don't think it's it's not heavy rain, but it started raining on us, so hey, I got three things to go over real quick. Today, I met Jerry Kyley yeah, right in from the late sixties, early seventies who caught touchdown passes from some guy named Pat Sullivan was Pat Sullivan and Terry Beasley's uh, roommate. And uh, I met him at what's called a pickleball tournament. We've heard Dan; You've heard Dan mention it when I've been on because his mom and dad are playing now. But so uh, it's really kind of neat, the people that you meet. There's a great pickleball tournament going on at the Opelika Sportsplex, and it has two days left, Saturday and Sunday. So if you've never seen it and want to see it, it's a good time to get out and go see it. And it's at a great facility right here. Right down the road in the Auburn area. So that's number one. Number two, I forgot this the other day. There's a walk ons that opened in Auburn. And those of us that live in Louisiana kind of laugh when it's Louisiana cuisine. And I guess it could be. It's called gumbo. Uh, Just because it's (laughs) called gumbo doesn't mean it's like Louisiana gumbo. Right.
1: Oh, there are lots of different gumbos.
3: They're a great restaurant for two, they have a great beer selection. They make great hamburgers. They make boom boom shrimp, but the absolute best thing to do when you go to Walk-Ons is you got to try the Krispy Kreme bread pudding made with Krispy Kreme donuts. So it's incredible. So I want to give them that shout out. And then uh, last but not least, can you tell me what's the deal on our pitching rotation this weekend?
1: Uh yeah. For the, what well, the
3: well, what do you mean? What the the missing f- person? The missing person. Oh, Joseph. What happened? Yes.
1: Um, well, his shoulder his, uh, his shoulder was sore after after the first time out. You know, he'd had the scapula right. uh, the scapula problem that he'd had a year before. So they wanted to uh, they they wanted to MRI it, and they did. And Butch said the results were great. Uh, they just want to hold him out this weekend, have him throw a couple of bullpens over the weekend, and early next week, and have him start. He's uh, right now. Uh, the plan is uh, there's nothing holding him back. Uh, but just want to sort of ease him back in and have him start next weekend, so that he's full go when conference play starts in Arkansas.
3: Okay, then I apologize. I misunderstood Butch's quote. I, th- I thought he said he was going to throw him a couple innings this weekend. No, 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 uh, a couple
1: of bullpens uh, this weekend.
3: Okay, good. All right, well, good. I feel much better. Than that. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of getting a little bit nervous, uh, and I'm glad that, that he'll be uh, getting to start because I'll be back next weekend too. Good. So look. Looking forward to it. I hope it doesn't rain. If somebody can meet me in the next 10 minutes by the gate, by the uh, parking deck, I have an extra ticket. If you're not there when I go in, though, I'm not waiting.
1: I hear you. Okay? Uh, All right. Well, the rain's supposed to stop in uh, in about 10 minutes, so hopefully that's right.
3: It's kind of really lightened up. I'm looking outside the deck now. It's lightened up significantly from where it was at. All right? All right. Talk to you later.
1: Appreciate it, Tex. Uh, we're just about out of time. Again, a big weekend coming up. Uh, critical ball game for Auburn basketball tomorrow against Tennessee. That's a 1 o'clock tip over at Neville Arena. Uh, hopefully a huge crowd again. Some tickets available. If you get those tickets and uh, um, get there early enough, you've got a chance to sit down uh, in, in the jungle or down there on the lower section. So looking forward to that. And then uh, baseball and softball all weekend as well. So, um, just, uh, uh, looking forward to it. We will know when we're on the show, you know, well, we'll, we'll know by the end of tomorrow night the, uh, the seedings. I think we'll also know whether, you know, uh, we will know. If Auburn wins, we'll know that Auburn's in the NCAA tournament if Tennessee wins, then auburn has got some work to do. And then we we will we'll talk about all that and more on Monday. Brian Matthews, our thanks to him for joining us. He will be back in the studio on Monday. Dan, after a bizarre ending there for the Troy women, will also be in the studio on Monday. For those of you on spring break, have fun. Uh we hope uh you know, hope everything goes well and uh Just don't have too much fun. I don't know that you can do that, but uh, be careful. But we will be back on Monday. Don't forget, after the game tomorrow, following the Auburn-Tennessee game right here. But we're back with the drive on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. We are out of here.